Guten Morgen, it is 4.20 in the morning and I'm going to see what is going on. Actually, let's Stay see the rewind for this. Republicans are lost. I fell asleep last night, so here we go. That he had. And
guest that was a gummy person, and no, it was absolutely not working at all. But then I replaced it with Athletic Greens. It is delicious. It is this green powder that you scoop it, you put it in a cup, you put water in, you shake it up, you drink it, and with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfood, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all things. It's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it's for you. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And not only is it cheaper than your cold brew habit, it's definitely cheaper than your vitamin habit. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Right now, reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. With your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Midas. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Midas to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now, let's bring in our interview with friends of the Midas Touch Network, Adrian Bolton. <laughs> we are joined by a good friend of the pod, Adrian Fontes, a Marine Corps vet, a father, and the Arizona Secretary of State-elect. I couldn't be prouder to say that. It's been quite the journey together. Congratulations, and welcome to the Midas Touch podcast again. Thank you so much for having me, gents. Uh, it's a great joy, and uh, I gotta say, I don't think you guys played a small part. Uh, you guys were part of it, so thank you very much, and thanks to all the folks out there um, who helped us get to where we are, and the Beat back the uh, nincompoops, I think is uh, what we're going to start. Kind. It's a kind way to go. It's a kind way to go. That'll be more of a statesman. Definitely more of a statesman. But look, these nincompoops, particularly Mark Fincham, who you ran against, the MAGA extremist election denying candidate. Although, if you are a MAGA extremist, that means you are an election denier. If you are an election denier, you are a MAGA extremist. You know, uh, the people of Arizona spoke to They resoundingly favored a defender of democracy over an election denier, conspiracy theorist, insurrectionist. What do you make of that? Well, Ben, I think there's a lot of factors involved here. The idea of democracy uh, being preserved and protected was one of them. But look, we built a coalition of Republicans and independents as well. A lot of folks from the business community, we had some captains of industry, if you will, uh, on our side. Because they knew that kind of extremism is, uh, you know, it's contemptible. It breeds uncertainty and chaos. And the business community here in Arizona is very, very strong. They like opportunity. Um, they like prosperity. And they like consistency. They like mature heads who want to just have conversations. You know, we heard from the legal community as well about the potential sort of wackiness that, that this type of leadership would present. Uh, folks in education, folks in the arts and sciences, uh, and across, again, the political spectrum, people just wanted some, some normalcy, and, and um, what the other side presented was not, and so uh, we won. 
do you think that is a template that, you know, you, you're on the Time cover of Time magazine for being a defender of democracy with a bunch of other individuals in other states, too, who were defending democracy from election deniers. Do you think that what you see in Arizona that is also a template that we can look at, you know, for the nation to bring this kind of pro-normal coalition together? Well, I, I think it's a lot more than just pro-normal. I think what we have to do is be pro-truth. Uh, and when we say election deniers, we're being politically correct. They are authoritarians. They don't believe in the consent of the government, which is a part of the American ethos. Uh, they are those, like my former opponent, are seditionists. They wanted to violently overthrow the government, and they tried. He was there on January 6th. So I, I think one of the critical components of my campaign wasn't just that I was not that guy, but that I was fiercely the American guy, the guy who is going to really call it what it is. It isn't just a lie. Uh, it is a lie that is damaging and detrimental to the nation, and we have to attack it, not just defend against it, but attack it for what it is. It is a cancer. It needs to go away, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, a lot of times in sports we say um, the best offense is a good defense. Well, in this case, the best defense is a really solid offense, uh, and that's the candidacy that I presented to Arizona's voters, and they agreed. So what comes next now? Um, as the Secretary of State-elect soon to assume the responsibilities as Arizona Secretary of State. What are the priorities and where do you focus on right away? Well, initially, you know, we're going to get down and dirty. Uh, we're going to roll up our sleeves and, and go out to all 15 of our counties uh, and make sure that their election administrators have the resources they need. We saw some hiccups in the primary in August because of understaffing uh, and underfunding of an election department in Pinal County. Uh, we saw some technical difficulties in Maricopa County, nothing insurmountable and nothing that harmed any voters. But these are the kinds of things that, that uh, give fuel to that fire on the other side. So we've got to improve what is already a very, very good game of election administration in Arizona. That's number one. Uh, second, and, and, and one of the things that a lot of people don't pay a lot of attention to is, as I indicated, the business community cares. We've got to make our business services operate at the speed of business, not at the speed of government. So we're going to be doing a survey uh, of our business services, making sure that the folks in the secretary's office have the resources they need. And now that the former secretary is moving up to the ninth floor, which is the governor's office, uh, I think we'll have uh, a good ear uh, to make sure we get the resources we need to help business in Arizona move forward with strength. Uh, and, uh, and obviously, the third biggest priority is to make sure that we preserve Arizona's history and heritage, which is amazing. Uh, and um, being part of the libraries and archives and hopefully the museum, again, the secretary's office, can keep the seal uh, elevated with pride. One of the things that you hear, and I won't use election denying anymore, although I want up to your nincompoop, but I'll just call it seditionist now, which is the appropriate name, that they're now saying, and one of the common refrains that we hear, you know, for example, Carrie Lake, after she palled with Trump and Alina Hoppe and all of that in Mar-a-Lago coming back, basically saying, you know, people in Arizona's votes were suppressed and, you know, citing policies that MAGA extremists and seditionists put in place to try to limit voting in certain areas. And it was just the ultimate, you know, I think Mark Elias said it best, he's like, the amount of chutzpah you must say to complain
complain about things, for example, like long lines that are taking place in certain areas when literally it has been Democrats and, you know, and the broader coalition of people who support our democracy who's saying, let's figure out ways to have not long lines. Like, there's easier ways to do this, folks. And now they're citing long lines as an issue. Like, the ultimate chutzpah is putting it nicely, but what do you make of, of statements like that? Well, I think it's hypocrisy. Uh, you know, it, it, it's not just chutzpah, although there's an element of that involved. And just so people understand sort of the context in Arizona, 30-some years ago we created this early voting system that has become very, very robust in Arizona. Eighty percent of our voters get their ballot in the mail and then mail it back. Well, this year for this election, the MAGA Republicans told their people, bring those back by hand or just vote in person. Don't use the early voting system. And then they have this but a complaint that it's taking a lot longer. Well, the system was designed to bring all those early ballots in early so they could do literally due diligence on every single one of those two and a half million ballots uh, that come in and, and take care that the signature is correct, that the ballot matches the ballot envelope, that all of these other details are checked out. By causing that delay through directly encouraging their voters to wait till the last second, they caused the problem that they're now complaining about, right? So they took a system that the Republicans created, the reasonable Republicans, by the way, because there's two Republican parties in Arizona right now. The reasonable Republicans created an efficient system uh, that was secure and accountable. We improved it a little bit in Maricopa County when I was the reporter, and now these guys did exactly what would have been needed to be done to make it less efficient, which is by telling voters to use the system in a way that would make it less efficient. And, and leadership matters. And so when you've got bad leadership giving bad instructions to voters, some of those voters are going to agree and they're going to go with those instructions. And it's going to make things not better but worse. Uh, we're going to counter that uh, fiercely uh, and illustrate why it is that those folks in that little corner of the Republican Party are flat wrong. Uh, and they're getting a lot of pushback politically from the reasonable Republicans now. So the, the future uh, of Arizona's Republican Party is going to be very interesting to watch. Secretary of State is so important for all the reasons that we've already gone through in the show, but we're already seeing the, the tangible effects, uh, the tangible reasons as to why your election as Secretary of State is so important right now in the aftermath of these elections. We're seeing many Republican-led county election boards already refusing to certify the election results. We are seeing threats of violence that have even caused at least one election official to go into hiding. I know our listeners are following that stuff. I know some of them are concerned about the actions that people are taking. Should folks be concerned about that? What happens next with these challenges? How do we push back in general against these anti-democratic forces? Well, the concerns are real. You know, we do have these sort of, um, you know, these off in the fringes boards of supervisors, many of which are just three members. Uh, in Cochise County, for example, down in the southeast corner of Arizona, uh, up in Mojave County and the, the Kingman, uh, Bullhead City area. Uh, and they're very, very conservative. A couple out of the three, you only need two out of the three to have some of these weird things happening. Uh, so that's really problematic. And, and, and Bill Gates, the election official you're talking about, who is literally in an undisclosed location now because of the threats, he's a friend of mine. He was on the Board of Supervisors here in Maricopa County when I was the county recorder. We worked hand in glove to create that great system that did very well in 2020 and in 2022. Um, and it's terrible that, that I, you know, a friend of mine.
because of these terrorist threats. So first and foremost, we need to call them terrorist threats. The very definition uh, of terrorism is met here, where threats of violence or violence are used against civilians to reach a political end. We call them domestic terrorists because that's who they are, and number one. Uh, and number two, we do everything that we can to continue to push towards pro-voter reforms and the truth, fighting back with vigor and aggression against the lies. Uh, this isn't time to be, you know, sort of mandy-pandy and worry about the feelings of the MAGA Republicans. We've got plenty of folks uh, on the political right who do not like the, the Trumpist movement. They do not like authoritarianism. Uh, and that showed in this election. Look, Democrats only have 31, 32 percent of registered voters in Arizona, and, and I beat my opponent by uh, five points. Uh, we needed Republicans. We needed independents, and we got them. And we got them because they were rejecting the MAGA agenda. we got to keep pushing forward uh, and doing everything that we can, uh, supporting candidates uh, into the 2024 cycle and, and, and those folks who are actually being threatened uh, in every way that we can. Yeah, that's why on this show we, we constantly give shout-outs to, of course, Gen Z, who showed up in huge numbers, and the women who showed up to vote for their freedoms, and also to the independents and disaffected Republicans who came out and rejected that other faction of the party that, for whatever reason, has such a hold in Arizona. And in Arizona specifically, as you look at all the races, one of the things I noticed was there must have been a whole lot of ticket splitting here, meaning that voters were voting for both Democrats and Republicans, so long as those Republicans were not the extremist, MAGA-style Republicans on the same ballot. So how does that affect, it does it affect your role as Secretary of State, and how do you plan to govern as Secretary of State in a way that meets the needs of Democrats, of independents, and of these Republicans who may have voted against their own party for the sake of standing up for democracy? You know, I was having that conversation with uh, someone earlier today. Campaigns are different than governing. When you campaign, you fight fiercely against the policy proposals uh, of your opponent. Uh, sometimes it gets personal, did not in this campaign, at least not from my side uh, in any event. Uh, and you, and you, and you, you go forward fiercely uh, and with strength. And then you've got to switch gears, which we're doing now, into governing. Because as Secretary of State, I don't just represent Democrats or, uh, you know, centrist Republicans. I represent uh, all of Arizona. And that includes the MAGA Republicans. And so what we're going to have to do is move towards uh, not a conciliatory uh, uh, phase, which a lot of people think is the way to go, but a more truthful phase. And that is uh, to make sure that we include all reasonable, truth-loving citizens in the conversation and continue still uh, to fight with vigor against the lies, because they exist. And by the way, the reason that I don't want to anybody to think that I'm going to be very conciliatory towards the liars is because they don't carry the, the, the full spirit of American democracy with them. They are, you know, uh, authoritarians. They are seditionists. Yeah. And they don't deserve that sort of conciliatory uh, tone. They don't have to agree with me on a whole bunch of other policies. But when it comes to the core ideas of democracy, that every eligible citizen's vote counts and should count, uh, if they're not thinking that, then I don't have time for them, and I don't have to apologize for that. I don't have to apologize for being assertive uh, and pushing against them, even though I will respect their votes. I will respect the outcome of the 2024 election, 
uh, if it's a candidate who's not of my political stripe. That's just the way this thing is supposed to work. But that doesn't mean I have to kiss their tails. And that ain't going to happen. So when we do move forward, it's going to be with an eye towards the truth, uh, an eye towards uh, data-driven decisions that are going to benefit all of Arizona's voters, uh, whether we agree with them or not. But I'm definitely not going to be operating from a position of appeasement. Uh, that's that's not my style. Yeah, as we like to say, if you're trying to be in the middle between a truth and a lie or between autocracy and democracy, you're going to end up somewhere in the middle of those things, which is not going to be good. You're not going to have the truth. You're not going to be on the side of democracy if you are trying to appease those voices. So I like that you're you know, so forceful and you're repudiating those extremist voices. And from my perspective, following this race as closely as I could, you know, from, from my Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, is that you resonated so well with your constituents because, among all the great things that you are, you're, you're a truth-teller. What do you think resonated so well with the great people of Arizona, being a truth-teller, just being strong in your convictions? Well, I, I think it's a combination of those things, but, look, you don't have to go too far back to recognize a, a, a little thing that in Arizona we were proud of called the Straight Talk Express. Right? That was uh, Senator John McCain's uh, way of doing things. And there were plenty of folks on his own side of the aisle that weren't too happy with him sometimes. And, and that is Arizona. Look, we are a very, very independent type of folks, you know. There's more independents than there are Democrats in Arizona. And, and, and the parties are losing ground because folks want to go with leaders who are not going to suck up to them, who are not going to hedge, uh, who are going to be solid in their convictions, even if they don't agree with you. And, and, and here's the thing that I thought was great about the way that we moved through our campaign. I had Republicans who came to me and said, I will probably never vote for you again, but because of this issue, and it's so prevalent, I'm going to support you. And they were writing me checks and saying, you've got to win this one because of where we're at. And I'm perfectly okay with that because you can't just be loyal to your party and the person who represents the party because sometimes that's not the person who represents you and your values. And because this campaign was about really mostly that issue, uh, we brought a lot of people on board. So it's up to me, it's up to some of the rest of the folks who are uh, coming into office to make sure that people realize that this is, this is far bigger than just this one issue. Uh, and Arizona does go with really folks who tell the truth. And uh, I'm okay with it, even if it sometimes hurt, uh, even if it sometimes hurts me, uh, or if it's inconvenient for some folks. You know, that's, uh, that's the way we've got to do things, and that's the way Arizona likes to operate. And, uh, you know, I'm an Arizonan. True and true, so uh, that's that's where I'm going to be. I love it. I love it. And you know what I also love? Something that a lot of folks listening to this might not know now, but you're about to explain it because I, I, I need to get your take. So, again, one thing that folks might not know is just how involved your mother was in your campaign. It was awesome. Every time we tweet about you, someone would write us and be like, oh, my gosh, I donated to him and received a personal thank you card from his mom. It was the best. Did you tell yeah. us about that? Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, we had the, uh, the thank you um, event for, for her and her volunteers last night here at headquarters as we're kind of tearing stuff down from the campaign. In 2016, when I first ran, uh, I was sitting at my desk writing thank you postcards to my donors. And my mom comes up to me and she's like, Mijito, what are you doing? And I said, well, mom, I'm writing thank you cards to my donors. And she says, why? I said, because, like, you raised me to do this, mom. And she goes, no, 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 why are you doing it? And I said, uh, she says, you need to be on the phone getting more money. 
She says, give me the stack. So she took the cards, the stamps, and the list, and she started writing them herself. Uh, and she's been doing it ever since. So donors to my campaign, we had to set a threshold because we had over 35,000 individual donors. And, and she's in her late 70s, so God bless her. But, you know, folks who donated uh, would get a personalized uh, postcard from her, and then we had so many, such a backlog that we got some volunteers to help her address, put the addresses on. But she still insists on saying, you know, thank you for donating to my son, and then she signs it, Dr. Linda Pucci, and she puts the stamp on all of them herself, and she takes a lot of pride in it. Uh, and last night, you know, a lot of the volunteers that helped her out and did some other postcards came, and we had some desserts, and yeah, I just, I got my work ethic from her, um, and she just, you know, been plugging away. They still got a stack left to do, but um, she played a critical role in this campaign, and, and you're right. People recognize that. They love the personal touch, and uh, that's that's an important part of this because if you take the humanity out of politics, uh, then you're not doing it right. And so that's that's one of the critical components to keeping us honest uh, and keeping this whole thing real. That is that's my favorite story ever on this podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> I do want to take this quickly, though, just to a more serious note. Um, and switch gears. After this election, after these midterms, you've seen a lot of these ultra mega talking heads that are in favor of increasing the voting age from 18 to 21. Uh, as someone yourself who's fought bravely to defend this country, what did you say that you know Republicans are okay for someone to defend this country at 18, but you can't vote for the elected officials who make that decision of where to ultimately send you? Well, what it says is they're, they're afraid of the electorate, and, and all of their efforts to suppress the vote over the last several years, several decades, have been because they understand that people have power, and they understand that in our democracy, the people have the power, uh, not those uh, privileged few who find themselves in office. And they want to maintain that power up in their own echelons. And they know that the youth aren't really aligned with where they're at, and so by narrowing the pool of voters, they think they'll be able to preserve their power. It's like a rat cornered. Uh, it's just trying to scratch out whatever exit route that they can. Uh, and it's really quite pathetic to think that these folks would go after it from that angle, uh, understanding at least alleging that they're such supporters of the military, uh, and, you know, they pound their chests and pretend to be such macho guys. But, you know, when it comes down to it, they're not willing to support veterans when it's necessary. They're not willing to support veterans' families. Uh, and so it, it's just part and parcel of their power at any cost sort of mentality. And if it comes at the cost of, of, of tomorrow's leaders, if it comes at the cost of the future, then I'm not about that. And, and I don't think that it's just about uh, those folks who are serving. Uh, I think it's about young voters who are concerned with the environment, young voters who are concerned with education, young voters who are concerned with so many of those other issues that we're facing uh, that, that these MAGA Republicans just don't want to address because they don't have any answers to them. Their answer to every question is 2020 was stolen. You know, you ask them about uh, literacy rates, they'll say 2020 was stolen. You ask them about homelessness, they'll say 2020 was stolen. You ask them about the Ukraine, they'll say uh, 2020 was stolen. It's just insane. They don't have any policies other than that and own the libs. Well, uh, you know, we're going to start owning the libs. Uh, we're going to hit at them really hard, and, and we're going to piss them off at every corner uh, until we continue to beat them down because that's all that they deserve. Uh, and we're not going to do it shyly. We're going to do it uh, with, with, with some strength. I love it. Any final message to the Midas Mighty and everyone watching out there? Yeah, listen, y'all, thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, um, so many of you went to electfunders.com to help us out uh, and, and pitched in, and a lot of you got those postcards from my mom. Uh, I hope I hope you enjoy them. A lot of people have them stuck on the refrigerators and stuff. Uh, but without an enormous community of like-minded folks who really care about democracy, we would not have been able to do what we did in Arizona for the first time in 48 years. Uh, we've got Democrats winning up and down the ballot. We've got a governor. We've got a secretary of state. We've got an attorney general who's looking at a, a, at a recount, but that'll probably win, and two U.S. senators. But we're not there yet. Uh, they flipped the House seats in Congress. We were 6-3. Now they're 3-6. Uh, we still have one uh, loss uh, or one minus seat in each house of the legislature, uh, so we're not we're not there yet. We've got to fight hard, uh, and your continued support for folks like me uh, is 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 very much appreciated. Thank you, might as mighty out there uh, for being the true warriors behind those of us at the tip of the spear. Keep pushing, folks. Uh, victory is right around the corner. Adrian Fontes, Arizona Secretary of State elect, and I love saying those words and love having you on the podcast. Thanks so much, Adrian. Thanks so much, gents. Happy to come back whenever. Keep pushing, stay focused. I thought those were incredible messages. It's so great to see Adrian Fontes representing pro democracy, pro normal, and the coalition of former Republicans, independents, people who are unaffiliated with political parties, and of course Democrats, coming together and saying, look, we want to focus on delivering results for the people. It's why we haven't really given a lot of airtime or podcast time to all of Elon Musk's gaslighting you know, here. It's because I really want the focus to be on Yes, showing the contrast, but Elon's just starving for attention right now. And aided by allies like Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, who basically claims if you don't advertise on Elon Musk, that's basically corporate communism. And Elon Musk saying free speech means that private businesses actually have to advertise on Twitter or else they are stifling free speech. Because Apple has mostly stopped advertising. Yeah. That's why I'm making. I'm sticking. I'm sticking my ground. I'm making a demand right here, right now. I'm making a demand to you communists out there at Tesla, at Twitter, at SpaceX. You communists, you communists. You have you have not once bought an advertisement spot on the Midas Touch podcast, and I hereby demand, as part of free speech, by the power vested in the Constitution of the United States of America. Yes, I'm being sarcastic to the email that I am getting from people like professional, but that's fine now. By the Constitution of the United States of America, I demand in the name of free speech that Twitter and SpaceX and Tesla pay me, and if not, I will get my goons in Congress, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, to call you communists for not doing That's how stupid this is, people. That's how stupid it is. But while the trolls are loud online, they're not allowed out there in the real world because they don't really come out from their basements. But the energy out there for the pro-democracy coalition is absolutely incredible. And I'll tell you right now that we just launched on the pack side of Midas Touch. We got a bus going around all of Georgia, and I'm excited. If you're in Georgia, if you see it, 
come say hi to our driver. He's amazing. He's a veteran. He's a real hard worker. We're driving through the entire state of Georgia with our bus. It's called the Row Your Vote Tour. And it has such a message. Row your vote. Freedom is on the ballot. Re-elect Senator Raphael Warnock. And you can see the energy out there on the ground. I mean, if you see these videos there of Warnock out there in the streets actually speaking with voters and people getting really excited. By the way, it's very dangerous when a politician goes, even a popular politician, who just shows up in like a sports stadium or a rowdy bar where people are drinking. Like, it's a pretty bold move, even if you're well-liked, to show up there. Raphael Warnock, it was really a statement, right? He shows up at a bar over the weekend playing World Cup games where the U.S. Uh, was playing their game against England. Uh, he showed up, and let's just play the video and show what happened. So everyone right now, standing ovation, shaking Warnock's hands, going nuts. Getting some photos, getting some selfies. Every, literally, everybody in this place is on their feet. We're not shaking hands with everybody. Interrupts it to a USA chant. We're reclaiming USA, folks. We're reclaiming the flag. We're not joined in. And you know, so Salty, who works for us, one of our producers and editors here on the show, I don't know if he's Which watching us? right now. Uh, yeah, what did I say? Works with us. Yeah. So he made one of the most spot-on observations about that. He goes, you know, it's like when the Republicans talk, like when Ted Cruz goes, oh, I walked in and then they came out and they hugged me and kissed me and they everyone stood up and applauded and said, Ted, you're amazing, you're the best. And everyone shook my hand and said, thank you, sir, thank you, sir, for everything you do. That is this, but it actually happened. <laughs> like, right. that actually happened to you. And then that kept happening to Warnock as he, as, he's, uh, as he was walking down the street. He kept getting just applause from everybody. The early voting turnout numbers are, are great right now. Looking really, really good. I'll tell you about it. So some counties have begun uh, the early voting over the weekend. If you remember, Republicans tried their hardest to prevent voters from voting over this weekend. They said, oh, it's a holiday, we're not going to let them. They literally sued, uh, well, Warnock had been sued to allow people to vote. And then you had the Republican Party say, oh, we're suing to prevent people from voting. Anytime you're trying to prevent people from voting, you're probably on the wrong side of things. But guess what? Even on a holiday weekend, people showed up and they showed out big. On Sunday alone, turnout was 130% higher than this time in the 2020 general election. And nearly 157,000 people voted in person on Saturday and Sunday over the holiday weekend. Sunday's turnout, the total turnout on Sunday, nearly doubled the previous turnout record. And Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, who Donald Trump tried to extort, he mentioned that early voter turnout is, quote, blowing the doors off expectations. Um, I mean, this is big. And what we're seeing also in the early data, young voters showing up big. Young voters saying that wasn't a one-off. That wasn't a one-off over the general election. This is us. We show up big. I want to show you now for the people watching the Georgia youth turnout voters right here. This is by age range that I'm showing up for the listeners. It shows you how many people have voted in Georgia. And you all you have to do is notice, look at that 18 to 24 line in the very beginning. 
look how that 18 to 24 line spikes so incredibly high. And you just are not seeing that across in other ranges until you get to the traditional voter block. I think that is so important. And I think it says a lot about what young voters, how important they're viewing this election. And we'll have more to come. We're going to be doing a lot more for this election, and I'm excited to announce all that. But I think Warnock is right now finishing with a really strong close while Herschel Walker is doing whatever the hell it is he's doing by telling young people that they, uh, anyone over th under the age of 32, that they shouldn't have the right to vote. And, like, that's his closing message to people. <laughs> he said, yeah, if you're under the age of 32, you don't even know this country. You shouldn't even be here. You shouldn't be a citizen. You shouldn't be a citizen. Renounce your citizenship. That's, his, that's Herschel Walker's closing he was message. Given the, it was the most softball question he was asked, too. He was like a right-wing media entity, I think, that asked the question. But the question was, like, a very basic one, right? It was just like, so what's your view about a lot of young people voting? It's like, it wasn't a hard question. Yeah, he's like, oh, they shouldn't vote. <laughs> I give him credit for not going into the whole vampire werewolf speech again, though. So that's that's a low bar, low bar, But the highest bar in the world for President Biden, because he could accomplish literally more in two years than he was like done in like decades. And it's like, but what's he doing? But, but, but what is he really doing? It's like, okay, every one of these things that are like massive accomplishments that most presidents don't get in there too. If they serve two terms, they don't get this done. But let's just talk about some good news roundup. And while they Ooh, finish it off with some good news. Oh, nice. yeah. I know. Like President Biden today signed a presidential memorandum that will strengthen our nation's effort to combat sexual violence as a weapon of war, a too often overlooked and underreported crime, saying he remains, quote, committed to confronting gender-based violence in all forms here and around the world. Like, that's what... Biden's talking about today. Like, what else is Biden talking about? He's woke, been woke, woke, woke. Right? That's, you know, yeah, it's it's corporate communism that Apple isn't uh, <laughs> buying ads on Twitter. They need to give their money to Elon Musk by the Constitution. Right? They're invested in the First Amendment. I don't think we're going to What does Cat Turd have to say? Let's retweet Cat Turd a hundred times. Let's call prosecutors monsters. Vindictive monsters. Oh. Like, I mean, people are like, it's literally insane. Like, Okay, so Biden's talking about that. Biden's talking about the work to build the first national EV charger network and bring in historic investments for EV battery manufacturing here at home via the infrastructure there, right? And that's in addition to the CHIPS Act, bringing incredible jobs here as, as well. What about so very, very well What about uh, 5 million Americans have gained health care coverage? since Biden became president. How about Biden reaffirmed his commitment to fighting for the PRO Act to help workers unionize and achieve a $15 minimum wage? Well, very, very well, right? Well, well, Republicans believe that people, that the minimum wage right now is way too high. Um, Biden's actually focusing on workers like, not only should get $15, he already instituted that $15 minimum wage for federal workers, he's already raised it. Um, but, like, the fact that you have, like, the Republican position is that people should have to work multiple jobs and then, like, not make what they're, not make what they deserve. And, like, I mean, like, it's really absurd positions, like, when you, like, the biggest scam in the world that, like, Republicans have convinced people to literally vote against. Like, that's, that's why, though, we have to stay focused on these. How about the fact that 17 states now have an unemployment rate at or below 3%, and 
in 11 states and Washington, D.C. No, no, no. Jobs are so woke, dude. Jobs, man. That's some woke. That's woke. Yeah, we just got to root on Elon Musk, man. He should become dude. a billionaire. Dude, I like when people get fired. That's what I read. Mean. Literally, that's what they say. They go, yes, Elon fired everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's woke, bro. Jobs are woke. Yeah, yeah. Jobs, bro. Supporting your family. Health care. Yo, Biden. Biden. Riddle me this. Biden. Chinese Communist Party 
on a nightly basis and working. But, you know, what I really want to say is I, I, I want to give a huge shout out. I know they probably aren't listening to this and probably can't listen to this in, in many areas. But to the protests in Iran, to the protesters in China, what they are doing is true, true bravery. And as my wife said to me today, she, she goes, you know, isn't it kind of ironic that you have people in the worst of circumstances facing true adversity around the world, and they are fighting for, for freedom. They are actually fighting for freedom and for democracy and for their rights. While here in the United States, you have people in MAGA who are literally fighting for autocracy. I mean, the contrast is just so, it, it, it's just so mind-blowing. And so I just have the utmost respect for all those people who are putting their lives on the line for freedom, to have a little bit of taste of freedom in the face of all that. And I know we, we hear every single episode of the show, we commit ourselves all the time to ensuring that we keep the freedoms that we have here in this country and work to expand them and to push back these anti-democratic forces. And like Adrian Fonte said, that doesn't mean you don't compromise with that. You can't compromise with that. You need to call it out firmly. You need to reject it. You need to completely repudiate it. And that's what we promise to do here every single day. And it's why I so love the Midas Touch community, because we're more than just some network. Like, our biggest strength is the Midas Mighty out there. All of you listening to this and watching it, who take the lessons and the discussions and then bring it into the real world, whether it's registering voters or participating in phone banks or just spreading the videos around and having discussions with family members and colleagues and friends and neighbors. It is that kind of active participation in the process that really gives us a unique advantage. And I say us, I mean the community over all these other astroturf groups that try to spread disinformation and hate. So one of the things that we do to remain 100% independent is that we don't take outside investor money. So we don't. We are 100% funded, crowdfunded. Pretty, pretty impressive, huh? Because we compete with all the major media networks. We get more digital engagement than them. So if you want to help out, no matter where you are, in the world, check out Patreon and consider becoming a patron, which is a membership to the Patreon Midas Touch site, where there's exclusive content that you can only get there. You can just go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch. There's lots of exclusive content, behind the scenes footage, exclusive podcasts, exclusive content, and posts, and so much more. So much more. There's even one tier where you could become a of the Midas Touch podcast, and your name appears just now. Um, at the end of the podcast, your name appears on the podcast. So special shout-out to all of our honorary producers. You also get a poster if you're an honorary producer commemorating that you're a producer, and then there are postcards that go out, exclusive merch drops, and so much more on our Patreon. So consider checking that out, patreon.com slash Touch. No matter where you are in the world, I think you will definitely enjoy that. Also, check out our new true crime thriller, American Psyop, American, and it's spelled P-S-Y, 
OP brought to you by Night as Such and the Bunker crew. This is a true crime thriller about the son of General Wes Clark, Wes Clark Jr., who gets trapped in all of these influence operations and psychological operations and cult operations and mercenary operations. And it's kind of like Forrest Gump meets, I don't know what, but he's literally at all these places. There's sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, I think that's close. But then there's like video of him there, and then there's like photos of him there, and there's like audio of him there. Like he's in the room where it happens, and so that additional context was just so many moments. I was like, wow. And there was you might need like, you, you know how like for Game of Thrones and stuff, like they do like a supplemental podcast, like a supplemental show that's like behind the show. Or like I like they, that. I like that. We, we might have to do that for the show because all, I find that all I want to do all day is talk about American Psycho. Because it's that freaking good. Yeah, and, and yeah, everybody in the comments right now, if you've listened to even one episode of the show, but I, I don't think I don't think it's humanly possible. I think once you listen to one, you have to binge all of them. But if you've listened to any of the episodes, go right now in the comments if you're on this with us live and just tell everybody how much you love it. It's a podcast, just search it anywhere on any of your podcast apps, American Psyop. Let us know if you love it because I really think it's something incredibly special, and it's so relevant to everything we've been speaking about in the show, from the Trump stuff to the, 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 the this MAGA influence in the Republican Party to Trump to Kanye West and Elon Musk. It's all intertwined in these psyops, and it, it, it's it's so relevant. I don't want to say any more than that. Go check that. Subscribe to American Psyops channel. Subscribe to the Midas Touch YouTube channel. Subscribe to the Midas Touch audio channel wherever you get the podcast. So if you're an audio listener, go to YouTube and subscribe there. If you're a YouTube listener, go to the audio and subscribe there and leave a five-star review. That's all, that's all I got. And I just want to say thank you to all of the Midas Mighty out there. We so appreciate you, and let's stay focused and keep on fighting together. Jordy? Shout out to the Midas Mighty! We are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.